Hey there guys, and welcome back to the Travis and Damien Podcast, episode 72. We're available on anchor.fm slash Travis and Damien Podcast, along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you guys would like to ask us any questions, you can leave your voice messages at the Anchor link or in the YouTube comments section. Today, we're going to be talking about general gaming news, including Sora and Smash Brothers and Nintendo Online Expansion Price. Then we'll get into our recent activities discussing Metroid Dread and other games slash anime. Lastly, our thoughts on Marvel What Ifs finale. So, we're just going to get right into it. Sora in Super Smash Brothers. This is the last fighter that Sakurai revealed, and the reactions, the memes, everything that happened afterwards was great, but the presentation itself, the amount of care, the amount of um, actual attention Sakurai and his team put into getting Sora into Smash is fantastic. This is the first of the Fighter Pass 2 that I actually like watched uh, from beginning to end without like having it like fast forward at like 1.5 or 2 times speed because Sora is a fighter that I have been wanting along with many others for a long time despite me not being a Kingdom Hearts fan. Uh, it's just super cool to see him in uh, Smash Brothers. So yeah, what are your thoughts, Damien? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I basically feel the same way that you did where it's like, I mean, I never thought it would happen, right? Like, I'm always mm-hmm. like, oh, that, that would never happen. He would never be in Smash Brothers. And then he ended up being in Smash. Um, and it just fits, right? Like, I feel like, you know, you see him next to, like, Mario and, like, like Link. almost said Zelda. What's wrong with me? <laughs> and Link. You know, like, you know, he fits in really well. Um, and I, I think it's just a character people wanted forever. Uh, you know, he Sakurai revealed in the stream that he was really the true winner of the Smash Ballad, which makes a lot more sense to Bayonetta. You know, I, I love Bayonetta, mm-hmm. but there was no way she would have won compared to, like, Sora, right? Because you always heard for years that people wanted Sora in Smash. And that Sakurai was able to get it, not only from Square, which are, like, notorious for being, like, hard to work with. Like, when they were trying to get Cloud in Smash 4, he was, like, a pain in the ass to get, apparently. Um, and, you know, Disney themselves, because Disney technically own Sora to just let Square do whatever they want with him. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, seeing like Nintendo being able to grab it out of those two like companies is like just insane to me, you know? Yeah. I think that, you know, the memes that came out there were like, I pay up and you know, it's like the fucking bill. It's like a bajillion yeah. dollars and shit like that. Um yeah, I mean uh, Donald and Goofy aren't a part of it or any sort of like Disney iconography, uh, which is fine. I think that that was kind of expected. Uh, sort of sacrificing those two to get Sora himself in the game is fine. Um, but just seeing uh, the alternate costumes, all of them being from other Kingdom Hearts games, the stages, the soundtrack, everything about uh, Sora as a fighter is super interesting and super cool to see that Sakurai, you know, he knows that this is like the last fighter that he's going to make for this game and he really put everything into it and put so much care and attention into it and I'm sure Disney and Square are happy with how he looks in the game and I'm sure fans of Kingdom Hearts are even happier than I am because, you know, I, like I said, I've wanted Sora for a while just because I think he fits in the Smash Brothers sort of universe. And the fact that he is finally in there is awesome. And I think that um, as the last fighter, I think no one can really be sad or disappointed about Sora being the last one because they they should know that like people have been wanting him for a while. And the fact that he is the last fighter is super cool. And honestly, I didn't buy Fighters Pass 2 until they announced Sora. I'm going to be honest, but yeah <laughs> i mean I, i've honestly been very happy with all the fighters in like fighter pass 2 i mean i got like sephiroth pyramitha and now sora i'm like damn like, like i feel like this is like you know everyone that's not into jrpgs that like hate this as you can tell <laughs> but um i i honestly think this is amazing um 
And I don't know. I feel like Sora feels like Banjo for me, where he should have mm-hmm. been in this game since forever, right? Like I feel like he just fits. Like I, I wouldn't mind. Like I, you know, ever since Smash like four was coming out, I'm like, oh, like Sora's probably gonna be in that, right? Or like Banjo, and then it didn't happen until this game. Uh, it just kind of feels like that. It's just like it's about time he's in this game, and I'm very happy for you know fans of it and just for anyone who's been wanting him for a long time. I mean, I kind of want Sora in there for a while just because again he just fits in really well. And like you said, I think Sakurai put so much detail into it because he knows this was such a requested character. You know, from all the like the cool little. Um, animations he gets when he KOs someone mm-hmm. or all his different costumes. He definitely has the best costumes in the game, like from all the other Kingdom Hearts games and like even like the Timeless River one where he looks all like Steamboat Willie and stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. like that's like really sick. So yeah, they clearly put a lot of attention to detail on this because Sakurai knew if he didn't put all his all on this, so many people would have been mad. So <laughs> I'm really happy he, he put in all that extra effort and it looks like it's going to pay off like big time. So yeah, definitely happy to see Sora and Smash and just Sakurai to you know give this game a proper like ending because I really couldn't see another character being as hype as Sora, right? Like, maybe Master Chief, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Like, no other character was going to be as hype as Sora, even if you don't like anime swords fighter, whatever. Like, Sora just represents more than that in terms of Smash Brothers, at least, like, to me, anyway. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think it was a proper conclusion, and it was, it was just the only way you could end it, really. Yeah, and uh, the other thing that they announced during this was the uh, Mii Fighter costumes. I believe one of them was the Doom guy, which is kind of oh, yeah, funny. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's in the game now, which is kind of cool. And I think that the uh, Twitter people that were always memeing about Doom guy and Isabel, you know, now that uh, that's finally come true. I think even the official Doom Twitter sort of played into that as well. So, but yeah, I'm very, very happy to see Sora in Smash and Wonder uh how well he'll be in the game competitively because that's always exciting to see so yeah i mean obviously there's always gonna be like <laughs> people complaining oh he looks too up i mean he does look pretty insane mm-hmm. like his recovery like he looks like he just can't die but he's also like really light so um we're just gonna have to see how that plays out in terms of competitively again it's always interesting to see how they play into competitively but um you know i really feel like this like fighters pass has just been like really i, I think the thing i like the most about smash is how much they care about just retaining that character's feeling into mm-hmm. Smash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, which is something like, you know, I know like the Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon All-Stars game came out too, right? Yeah. And I do appreciate how much is geared towards competitively, like, or I guess competitive play, but I feel like it also loses some of its own like spirit or soul that they're not as zany as they can be, right? Like I know people bitch about like Hero, right? Like Giant Quest guy in Smash because he has the random command thing. But like it's <laughs> such a cool thing to see, especially mm-hmm. if, like a fan of that series to see that like, implement it into smash brothers you know um because you know at the end of the day smash kind of still is kind of a party game i don't like i feel i hate hearing that but you know it is still meant to be fun you know i think some people i know people play competitive for fun as well i'm not saying it's not fun but you know i just like that sakurai really pays attention to all these details and doesn't really care too too much about if it's too broken or stupid obviously he cares more now than he probably did in brawl but um i don't know it's just something about that that just makes me happy you know uh but yeah <laughs> just a dumb little rant there yeah i mean i can definitely agree with you to that to a certain extent you know having the fighters embody the game that they come from you know i think uh, steve is a perfect example of that yeah, both like ways steve. you know <laughs> steve is fucking bullshit but that's just the character he's 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 from minecraft and when you do in minecraft you build shit so um but yeah you know i'm very very happy to see that you know Sakurai could finally take a break, uh, step away from Smash hopefully for a while, and 
uh, work on some other stuff or just relax because, yeah. you know, the man has given us a, a lot of his time over the past couple of years, ever since, uh, what, Smash 4 or something like that. Yeah. He's been constantly working on Smash Brothers. So, you know, yeah. props to him for finally getting Sora because I'm sure that he wanted Sora in, in the game as well. So, um, and it's also cool to see that the games are coming to Switch. I believe they're going to be like cloud versions or something like that. Yeah, which... all of them are going to be cloud versions <laughs> for some reason. I like whatever like i know kingdom hearts 3 <laughs> makes sense because you know that's a good looking game but really you can get like the other ones they're like ps2 games <laughs> come on man it um, is what it is but yeah like it is crazy he's been working on smash since like smash 4 to now so it'd be cool for him to take a break or maybe make kid Icarus uprising too i'm also like that but <laughs> you know he needs a break we'll give the man a break for now yeah but moving on because we, we talked about star for a while <laughs> all right so um so yeah, so PlayStation is no longer allowing funds to be added to the PS3 and Vita stores. So this is kind of like a follow-up to like what happened, I guess, earlier. Was it this year? I can't remember. It could have been like, this year or last year, but I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, when um, you know, play, uh, I guess Sony was like, hey, we're going to take down the PS3 and Vita stores. And everyone hated that, so they reversed that. And then that, prices, you know. prices for those games went up exponentially on the, eBay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, we, they went up like big time because, you know, people were like scared all that stuff was going to get lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Sony didn't end up going through with that. But it looks like now they're maybe trying to weasel their way to like find like a middle ground. So basically, yes, you can't add any funds to the PS3 or Vita stores themselves. You're going to have to use either the PS5, PS4, the browser, like just on your PC or the mobile app to actually add funds into your uh, like PlayStation account. And then you could go back to the PS3 or Vita and buy things from there. So yeah, you're going to have to do like a lot of like like loop arounds and stuff to be able to actually <laughs> buy anything on a PS3 and Vita. Um, obviously that, you know, it sucks, but it's not that big of a deal if you have like a PC or a phone. You could just go to the website or the mobile app or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's still kind of a hassle. I mean, they say it's to enhance online payment security for all PS3 and Vita owners. Again, don't know how true that is. I mean, it could be true because those systems are old at this point. And maybe the security isn't as tight as like the PS4 or PS5, but um, I kind of doubt that. <laughs> I think they just want people to not really use the stores as much anymore, so they could get rid of it in the future. Um, you know, I you know, we already talked about the whole like like I guess video game preservation and stuff, and like yeah. how like things going down like this is like a big deal. Um, and I think Sony just doesn't really seem to care about that, and it just makes me like just sad because there's no real good way to play ps3 games really like there's yeah. not too many collections on ps4 to like play any of these ps3 games like the low big planet games like i think you can play god of war 3 on ps4 now yes. we release that mm-hmm. but like a lot of other games are just kind of just lost there like all the ratchet and clank games like you can play them on ps now but like does anyone want to do that because <laughs> it like <laughs> lags like crazy so yeah uh until sony gives us a better option to play ps3 games on ps4 or 5 then they really should not be touching these stores until they have like a good solution for that you know yeah i mean the ps3 and the xbox 360 generation is like the first generation where like online platforms sort of became a thing right with like the yeah. xbox live arcade the psn store so now we're at the point in time where like those stores are gonna slowly disappear which is kind of sad to see and this is sony's first step in being like hey you can't add funds for these stories directly you can't add them to your playstation account still and buy ps3 and vita games 
you know, you, you just have to go like an extra step. And, you know, them saying is to enhance payment security, this and that. That's just bullshit. That's just them saying uh, something that isn't just like, hey, we're trying to get rid of these stories in the future, you know, sort of thing. Um, so it is definitely very interesting that we are in this period now where these stores and some of these games that are exclusively online for Xbox Live Arcade and PSN that are just going to disappear. And some of them have disappeared already because of licensing issues and things like that. For example, Scott Pilgrim, like that is a very infamous game that disappeared from the online stores until it recently got re-released. Um, and it got a physical version thanks to limited run games. Um, so yeah, I think that, because of that, I'm always going to be like a physical kind of, you know, video game person and physical person when it comes to all of my media. I mean, the new Demon Slayer game came out today and I decided to just buy it uh, online physically and just wait for it to come in the mail instead of just buying it digitally. If I did buy it digitally, I should have just bought it two days ago uh, through the digital deluxe edition and just played it early because that's how they get you with the digital deluxe editions now these days where you get to play it early and stuff like that. But you know, I'm always going to be for one for physical just because that game I own then, you know, when I put the $60 down and I have that disc, it's mine. Uh, I, and not to say that I won't buy digital games anymore. It's just that if there's a physical version of it, I'm always going to go for that. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just very interesting that now we're at the point where these stores are going to slowly disappear and them doing this payment thing with the PlayStation stores is, gonna be interesting as we move forward i will say <laughs> yeah again we're gonna see more of these things get like wiped out and there's just nothing we can really do about it like the WiiWare is kind of just gone yeah and i know some emulators were able to i guess like preserve some of these WiiWare games but you know, it's probably still a bunch of them are just like lost the time and never be able to like play again i mean obviously most of them with shovelware but it's still like the thought <laughs> that counts mm-hmm. for it um, so yeah, it's going to be sad to see when that eventually starts becoming a bigger deal. But uh, I guess we just have to see if these companies are like care enough for like the preservation of their online games or they're just going to let it die, which it's probably going to be that. But <laughs> hopefully we could uh, we see them actually do try to care a bit and try to preserve these games for like, I guess, the future, you know? Yeah. And uh, Hapric Games, uh, the people that did, uh, what's it called? I don't even know. But anyways, Hapric Games, re-release fucking Rascals on PC. That, that shit was dope oh, on yeah. Xbox Live. <laughs> yeah, the fucking yeah, yeah. game is awesome, but I'm sure we're going to lose that to time eventually. <laughs> yeah, as in all things. <laughs> Unfortunately. All right. So moving on, we got the massive Twitch leak that happened last week that confirmed source code, stream payouts, user information, etc. So first, we'll talk about the payouts because I found this shit to be hilarious when I was on Twitter. People were like, "Whoa, this streamer makes this much money! Whoa, Pokemon makes this much money!" I'm like, um, I think their sub counts are public, and even some streamers they have like their sub count at the bottom of their stream. So if you just take that number and times it by 2.5, you'll know how much money they make every month. So that number, I wasn't really that surprised about. It's just that, you know, people... is All right, so I was in class, right? Uh, yeah. At my school. This is going to be a huge fucking tangent. And someone, <laughs> some, someone brought this up. He's, he's also like a uh, f- gamer, I guess. <laughs> um, and yep. um, sometimes I talk to him about games and he asked me you know did i play battlefield did i play back for blood etc and i'm like i haven't played those yet you know i'm trying to you know busy with school but in reality i'm just not playing games um so he brought it up in class and um someone someone brought it 
someone said i'm i don't really eat like this kid i'm gonna be honest but uh <laughs> he said he said yeah you know people just sit around and just play games and people pay them to do that and like my professor he's obviously like ignorant to this like he's been he he's a fucking dinosaur so like he sort of like <laughs> took his side but at the same time they had class together with each other last semester so like i'm just new to like this this class so i'm 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 just sitting there like I don't want to say anything you know like drop my knowledge bomb about like hey you know like it is hard to like entertain people for like four to five hours daily and stream like that daily and the reason why people subscribe to these people it's only five dollars a month because that's where they get their entertainment from it's the same shit as if you were buying Netflix Hulu Disney Plus every single month it's just that they like watching this single streamer because it brings them entertainment and joy to them every single day and suffice to say it's not them just playing games all the the time sometimes they do other stuff like variety streams irl streams etc etc so you know it's not them just playing games every day and then they get free money it's not that easy if it was that easy everyone would be fucking doing it as a person that has streamed in the past and trying to grow an audience on twitch it is very fucking hard and that could just be because of twitch itself i'm not gonna say that just because you know I'm not going to be one of those guys that's like, hey, you know, like the system's bringing me down. I'm just going to say that, like, I didn't put enough time and effort into it because I only streamed for like four months when I was like unemployed and like it was like deep COVID. So I was just like chilling, just like trying to have fun to kill some time sort of thing. Um, But yeah, I just find it hilarious that like there's just ignorant people out there that just think like that. And he's my classmate. So, um, but yeah, you know, the, uh, Twitch payouts, I'm not surprised about. I think people that are surprised about it should just realize that, hey, you know, like there are people out there that are, uh, you know, subscribed to these people and they have thousands of subscribers and that's just how it is. So what are your thoughts, Damon? I'm, I should probably stop talking for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, basically, I agree with you. Like, I think the reason why people are so surprised is because they finally see like the straight up number to it, I guess. Like, obviously, it was always there in plain sight in terms of like sub counts and you could just do the basic math and get their total income i guess just through subs alone um so people already knew these people made a lot of money um but i guess just seeing that flat out number out there people are like whoa what the hell uh even though it's kind of obvious <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know yeah the, yeah big streamers make a lot of money who, who would thunk it um, <laughs> and i mean and i do agree that you know yeah streaming does take a lot more you know effort than i think some people give it credit for you know you always hear especially just like just like youtubing or i guess like youtubers or just twitch in general yeah like, just like content creation in general yeah, any type of creative thing is going to create more burnout than basically anything else just because you always have to like put in your 100% or as people will notice you like sort of like slacking, I guess, in terms of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with you just like always on the job, right? Like you always have to be on like your social media. You always got to be like on stream and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, that, that probably takes a toll on someone. And, you know, obviously, is it easier than some other jobs and yeah yeah probably but it's still a lot of work you know you still gotta self-promote yourself if you're smaller you really gotta put in the hours again as a straw a smaller streamer mm-hmm. like it's a ton of work to get really big and you know yeah it probably does take a little bit of luck and some algorithm like bullshit but for the most part just just as hard as basically like any other like entertainment job you know so i i never like sort of you know i guess dismiss streaming as just like oh this easy thing like like oh anyone could do it and like you said like yeah anyone could do it but it doesn't mean like you're gonna get like any audience or anything like you do gotta mm-hmm. put in the time and effort for it um, yeah i mean so, yeah in terms oh yeah yeah go on there's like a 
statistic out there I, I i forget you know most statistics are fucking made up but yeah um, i heard one time that it was like if you have like 10 viewers like you are better than like 50 percent of twitch or some shit like that yeah which is probably true just because it is so hard to gain a viewership on twitch and that goes for male and females like i'm gonna be honest you know it, it if you are a girl it might be a little easier but even then you have to be entertaining you can't just be a girl and just like stream because you know there's only so much value people can get from that and i think that sort of like that artificial thing where like people on twitter are like oh you know like girl streamers have it so much easier and shit like that they still have to put in the fucking work like pokemon didn't get where she is today without having her put the hours in when she was still in college by the way and you know i I watched her during those times when she would play League because I was a League player and she was good at the game and she was entertaining. She was funny and she still is entertaining and funny today. It's just that, you know, she has the success now where like she, I I believe either this year or last year, she straight up just like took a month off and then came back and was still doing well, which like, you know, any streamer coming up now wishes they could do, but like on her come up, she put the hours in and same thing for Ninja. Like I recently learned thanks to the courage in Nate shot show they recently had ninja as a guest and they just like talked for an hour and he talked about on how like when he was on his grind went before Fortnite, um he would put like 16 hour days in and like if his family had like dinner or like friends or family over he would be like all right cool he would just grab dinner and then go back to streaming like that was his grind that was what he was doing every single day for like however many years before Fortnite blew up he blew up he played with drake everything like that you know he put the work in and obviously you know there were some things that aligned with that like Fortnite, him playing with drake etc etc but like all of those things happened because he put the effort in and you know just streaming in general you know is is not easy that's that's the last thing i'll say about it but you know the whole leaks with uh, just twitch in general you know the fucking the fucking source codes what the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that um that's surprising yeah yeah i don't I don't know what the hell uh, Amazon is doing with their fucking money because, you know, Twitch is obviously like probably their second biggest ad set next to Amazon. Um, and I feel like, you know, Twitch, you know, they're always lacking. They're always just like super complacent. They're just going with the flow because they know no one can really touch them. You know, they saw what happened to Mixer. So they're just kind of kind of cruising and youtube gaming is definitely getting up there i will say that just because they are signing these bigger twitch streamers and moving them onto their platform um but yeah i just think that twitch you know this whole league like in general is just unacceptable oh yeah i mean yeah the rest of the league is awful like you know like the source code <laughs> game leaked out uh, user information uh you know everything else you know, I had to. I already had two step on my Twitch, but mm -hmm. not sure. not like I stream or anything. But like, you know, I still <laughs> had it just in case. You know, you probably should put in anything you have. Yes. At this point, like it's annoying, but like you, you got to do it at this point. You never know when like giant data breaches like this are gonna happen, and you know they're happening more and more frequently as time goes on. So yeah, having two step is always like a good idea. Um, obviously the source code. I still don't know what people get out of, like the source code, like. If someone finds out, like they're gonna just like Twitch will just sue you. Or I guess Amazon will just sue you, right? Like I remember when this happened <laughs> to um, CD Projekt Red, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Cyberpunk's source code got leaked. I'm like, what are you gonna do with that? <laughs> like if you try to sell that, you just get like destroyed by like lawyers and stuff. Um, I guess like competing programs can sort of like take their infrastructure and sort of like make it their own. But again, people will just like, hey, this just looks like Twitch, so mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> you can't really do a lot with that besides just look at it. Um, 
and yeah basically it's just it was just awful it's just, it's just a really bad show for like twitch and amazon that you know this information could just like go willy-nilly to whoever could like put in the effort to like i guess get in there so yeah obviously mm-hmm. all, the rest of this is really awful and i'm sure streamers you know they probably don't mind their information like i guess how much to get paid to be out there but because again like i said you could just calculate it yourself yeah uh, but you know it's still like kind of like annoying like why would like don't put that out there for everyone you know what i mean so mm-hmm. yeah definitely a big failure in terms of twitch and amazon like they, they should definitely have way better security especially if like they're owned by amazon you know <laughs> <laughs> come on yeah and like speaking of about like the two-step authentication thing you know like if it has it like use it like 100 percent. and also on top of that like you know passwords like make it just like a random ass password and then like have it have it like written down or like use one of those like passwords sort of like lockers or whatever so like you don't even know the fucking password you know sort of thing um i don't do that because i'm lazy but yeah <laughs> you should do that <laughs> but yeah i mean overall twitch is just they just keep fucking up. I, I, I have no idea what the hell they're doing. And, you know, people that are, you know, surprised Pikachu face about the payouts for streamers, you know. When you watch these, like, big-time streamers, you know, fucking Tyler1, uh, Pokimane, uh, Shazam, Tens, all of these, like, big, big streamers, and you see their, you know, sub-alerts going off constantly and their sub-count keep going up, you shouldn't be surprised. But I'll yeah. leave it there. <laughs> All right, so we got some more Sony stuff. So PS5 is a Best Buy are now locked behind their Total Tech program. Uh, so this Total Tech program that Best Buy is offering is basically like this new exclusive sort of like membership you could go for them, right? And mm-hmm. it's $200 a year to be able to access some, you know, pretty neat things, I guess. But I guess the big thing that they're offering is like a hot holiday item. So, you know, like a PS5. Uh, and you'll get like this exclusive sort of like line i guess where you could like buy it online like like hey this is like you know your own special thing that only members could access this uh so it basically sounds like legal scalping <laughs> to me <laughs> um like 200 dollars a year is like a lot just to get yeah. ps5 at that point i would rather just wait because again if you're not into like ratchet and clank <laughs> there's not much reason <laughs> to get a ps5 at the moment uh, like for me it was good value just because i didn't have a ps4 pro and i'm using my playstation a lot more now so i'm mm-hmm. like okay i get a ps5 because one i was gonna get it for ratchet anyway but two you know that stuff so if you're not into that any of that then there's still really no big reason to get a ps5 yet um and i think you're better off just waiting until there's just more readily available because i still think this is way too much like maybe if you really want one and you can't find one then you might bite the bullet for this program but um i'll say just wait like <laughs> i don't think it's worth like 200 more dollars on top of a 500 dollars console uh at least in my opinion and i don't know how i feel about this sort of program in general because again they're kind of just taking the scalping method and just making it like a feature i guess and mm-hmm. i don't know how how good i don't know how comfortable that makes you feel you know yeah i mean like this is one of the perks for like their sort of annual service that they're offering you know yeah. up to two-year protection on best buy purchases you know clock tech support which you know it's fucking geek squad so like take that yeah. with a grain of salt um and also you can get apple care uh on your purchases which can be up to 200 dollars on its own which is kind of crazy so if you're breaking your apple shit a lot you know this shit might be might be good for you um but i think them tacking on the sort of like exclusive access is just them being like trying to hurt scalpers but at the same time scalpers are going to be like well that's just 200 dollars. i could probably get that back you know if i do this this and this you know because scalpers are scalpers and resellers are always going to find a way to you know get 
even or get ahead, not even, definitely try to go and get ahead in their spending. Um, and the PS5 is 100% going to be a fucking holiday item this upcoming year. There's going to be so many people that want a PS5. And I'm sure that there are people out there that have had it since launch and they've been waiting for this moment, you know, a whole ass year later to be like, all right, time to, time to fucking rake in my dough if they haven't already, you know, sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, it said that the stock lasted between 90 minutes to two hours, which is a long time when you think about uh, PS5 stock online, especially, you know, like when it goes up on any website, that shit goes out instantly. Um, ever since uh, after they put up the first like pre-order windows, like I said on previous episodes of the podcast, I managed to get two. I didn't scalp the other one. I sold it to my friend slash neighbor. So I didn't do anything scummy like that. But hey, you know, now he has a PS5 and he doesn't have to worry about it. Um, but yeah, I just think that them tacking this on as the sort of like season's hardest to find products is sort of scummy. I think having like deals and like coupons and things like that, that would have been fine because you're already paying like 200 bucks a year for the service. But them having exclusive access to these products is a little not okay in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Again, to me, it just feels like scalping, but like not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how... <laughs> okay i feel with it in general um i don't know like it just doesn't rub me the right way i guess Mm -hmm. and like i haven't shopped out of best buy in a while just because of my current situation with my job and i'm able to go and get games there for cheaper if i were to go there so you know i'm just like best buy i only go there if they have like an insane deal but even then you know like price matching stuff is like a thing so i don't even have to go to best buy if i don't want to um but yeah i mean Best Buy as a chain, I think recently they've been getting better in terms of like profits and and, and uh, stuff like that. But I think that at a, at a time they were gonna go under. But I think you know now with the with this thing, this isn't gonna hurt them at all. It's just gonna put more money in their pockets one way or the other. You know, either for the people that want the PS fives or for people that actually have no idea what the fuck they're doing with technology, sort of thing. You know? Yeah, I, I like. I think this might be more geared towards like. I think like. People like us, you either have to be really desperate or like kind of just like a parent and it's like, okay, I'll bite the bullet for my son who wants a <laughs> PS5, and which is nice, but like, yeah, I really don't think this is like the best option. I still think you should just wait, um, you know, until PS5s again are more readily available, more games out. Like next year might be a good year to buy it because, you know, Horizon's going to be out, God of War is probably going to be out. So yeah, that'll probably be a better year to buy. Obviously, they're going to like probably be harder to get because people actually want one but um Mm -hmm. you know hopefully sony is able to get back to like producing more of these things um you know now that COVID's starting to lift a little more and like more people are starting to like do things so yeah i guess we'll just see how the production plays out but you know never i I feel like you should never really buy a thing if it's gonna worth more than it's like axing price because i just feel like it's not worth it at that point you know yeah, I mean, like, if you are willing to, like, pay the extra 200 you might as well just go on eBay because those prices are, like, eight to 900 which is about what you're probably going to pay with yeah. the Best Buy membership and everything like that. If you don't want the membership, obviously, you know, but if you think the membership will be useful to you with the Apple Care and all of the other stuff, then go for it. You know, hopefully you can get a PS5 that way, but, you know, it's it's still a luck of the draw sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's always going to be like that at the moment. (laughs) 
All right, so next bit of news. We haven't talked about League in a while, uh, but this is kind of big news. So Riot Games has decided to patch out all chat in match-made League of Legends games and sort of test it out and see if it'll decrease toxicity. So, yeah, I mean, as a person that has played League for a long, 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 long time, um, it, you know, I haven't played it in the past two years necessarily, um, but I think that all chat... Me personally, I've always had all chat disabled anyways, just because people use that for like psychological warfare, like no fucking cap. Like people, <laughs> yeah. people, people use that to like get into like people's heads and be like, you know, as or like, you know, nice try buddy or, or some bullshit, you know, like they're, they're always, always, always like trying to talk shit. And like when I was playing league competitively and like trying to like be super serious about it, I didn't need that shit. I just need my team chat to like type in timers and like tell my team like this, this and this. Um, so like removing all chat is going to be an interesting move, like entirely like that is going to be so because like before, you know, like I had the option to like turn it off or turn it on. Um, but now it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's just not going to be there. So how, how are people going to be like, Hey, you know, like open mid, like we're fucking done, you know, sort of thing. Or like, you know, people, people do like to type like GG, good luck, have fun, all of, of this other stuff, which like, you know, you can do that if you want. Personally, I'm, I'm not doing that extra effort, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I just think that some people are definitely on like the super like high horse of like this is such a bad move and like i'm sort of in the middle where i can see that it can be bad but at the same time like i know that like people can be really fucking toxic and shit like that but then again like i get like the greatest fucking twitter screenshots of like people bantering in in all chat and it's just the funniest shit i've ever seen um just because i am a league player and i get the humor um but yeah what is your opinion damon as a person who has not played league longer than i have yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I used to play League, like, back in the day, and, you know, all <laughs> chat always used to just be kind of just troll, like, like no one really cared, I would just be, like, talking shit or whatever, and, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it was fun, right? Like, you know, it's fun to, like, you know, have some of that banter and stuff and just talk shit, but at the end of the day, it's a really, like, like if I was playing ranked competitively, like, taking the game super seriously, I also would just disable it, like, because there's no point, right? Like, mm-hmm. all it does is get to your head and just, like, just screw you up, so there's no real reason to have it on at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, all time in general kind of is always just going to be a toxic cesspool, like no matter what game you're playing, you know, whether it be like, you know, like TF2 or whatever, or I don't even know if Overwatch had all chat. I don't think it did. Um, but like, anyway, like it, it just really serves no point besides just to talk shit. Like that, that's literally the only reason they exist in like <laughs> team-based games. And you know, I get that. Like I get that's fun and stuff. Maybe they should keep it in like normal games or whatever, but, um, I don't know. Like I, I think for the most part, it probably would help the health of the game in terms of toxicity but again i could also see why people will be angry about it leaving forever um i i, I think pro- like it's a net positive though in terms of like just helping game toxicity because league is a very very toxic game and while mm-hmm. all chat i think is going to help just a little bit you know obviously you're still going to get flamed by your teammates if you have you know their you know team chat on which you kind of kind of need a little bit i mean some people could just play with pings right but um yeah but i think yeah. uh you know them keeping team chat is a good idea just because oh, yeah. there's some there's definitely some things you can't communicate with pings like timers and things like that um yeah yeah you definitely but, should have team chat yeah. yeah 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 uh but i know that you know emotes are becoming like a huge thing and like emotes are still gonna you know pop up and shit i fucking hate emotes i hate them so <laughs> much bro um i don't mind it at like worlds and stuff because like that's funny um, but but when I'm playing and like someone in lanes like spamming their fucking emotes, I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up, stop it. Um, but 
uh, the end chat game will still be cross team. So you will still be able to be like, hey, can you report this guy? Because he was obviously inting and shit like that, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that this is a huge step for League. Um, and I wonder on how this will affect the game and how uh, people will take it. Because I think that people, some people are just overreacting. Like you said, you know, like if you are taking the game seriously, you wouldn't have it on to begin with because, you know, before I would like gamble to see if like, you know, there's, there's fucking psychos on the, the, the other team. And then <laughs> the moment they type something, I'm muting them. But, you know, now I just have to do it with my own team. You know, if I'm working with someone that's not all mentally there, just mute them and then just uh, go on. And then, you know, if they're spam pinging me, I could mute their pings too. And, you know, the fact that they had to implement the muting of pings is kind of funny as well um but yeah uh we're just gonna like we say a lot on this show we're just gonna have to wait and see and see on how this plays out because i'm sure the league community will find one way or another to find this to be either a net negative or actually be better than they thought it was yeah because i mean toxicity in online games is never gonna go away like, you can't just mm-hmm. stop it yeah um i mean it's kind of the main reason i don't really play competitive like online games anymore like the last one i really played was overwatch and you know i had fun but damn man that community was <laughs> ass like holy shit i got to platinum i'm like i can't anymore it, it's just too much dude it's just annoying um and yeah i don't know like i appreciate riot is trying to curb it a little bit but at the end of the day it's always going to just be toxic because that's just how competitive play is you know like people get heated and people want to win and when people want to win they get toxic so that's just kind of how it works but um you know, I, I think all ta- uh, eh, having all chat off probably is for the best. And um, we're just going to have to, yeah, like we said, <laughs> wait and see how it plays out. And if actually does end up helping the toxicity, which I think it will. But uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see for that. Yeah. I wonder how people are going to guess if it's open mid or not, because now you actually like, can't tell. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, so next bit of news here. Uh, this is actually like just released. Uh, the Nintendo Online Expansion Prize reveal. So, yeah, the price is going to be $50 a year. And what you get for that is, like what they said in the Direct, you're going to be getting N64 games and Genesis games. But they're also adding in the new Animal Crossing DLC for, quote-unquote, free with it. <laughs> so <laughs> this DLC for Animal Crossing is basically Happy Home Designer, but it's a DLC, which is really neat. Um, we're not really going to talk about the Animal Crossing stuff because there was a lot. And, like, we'll probably talk about it when it actually comes out. Like, I might buy it just to see how mm-hmm. it is. But, um... You know, uh, this just added a bunch of new shit, <laughs> like a lot of stuff that I can't really comment on. But um, basically, I, I see a, I already saw on Twitter, like I, I just saw 50 bucks trending. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think 50 dollars for basically just N64 games and Genesis games, and I guess DLC that would just go away if you don't keep paying for the subscription. At that point, it's probably just cheaper to just buy it outright for 25 dollars. Um. It just seems like shit. I, I like to me anyway. Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you can just emulate N64 games and Genesis games, and Nintendo is still doing the weird slow rollout of N64 games and Genesis stuff for some reason instead of it all just being out there in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just overall I just think don't, it's not worth it, right? Like, I just like a lot of people are right. Play these games a billion times, like Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, Banjo Kazooie. Like, yeah, it's cool you can play it on your Switch and you know on the go and stuff. But is it really worth it at that point? I, I just don't think so. You know, especially for like thirty extra bucks. You know. Yeah. So You're yeah, paying more than double uh, the year because you want to play N64 and Genesis games and the Animal Crossing DLC, which you know we're not talking about just because we're not Animal Crossing players and they announced a lot of shit and I don't. 
and I, honestly i didn't pay attention that much to it other than the ending bit where they were like yeah it's 50 bucks i was like what the fuck is this online <laughs> yeah bullshit. um but yeah i mean paying an, an, an extra 30 dollars a year for some roms that's uh it's kind of ballsy i'm gonna be honest <laughs> um but yeah. you know they are implementing um online for some of these games which is gonna be fun i'm gonna be honest uh just because before the uh, whole worldwide lockdown i bought a bunch of n64 controllers in mario 64 or mario kart 64 and wanted you know all of us to play and then you know we got shut down so i don't know when or when that'll happen or, or anything like that but you know now we could do it online Maybe if people are willing to pay the fifty dollars. I mean, I bought the fucking N sixty four controller just because, uh, you know, if I do happen to buy this, I want to play it with that shitty controller. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Nintendo's probably not gonna lower it. No matter how much we're sort of like complaining about it, I'm sure that they're not gonna lower it. If they actually happen to fix the Nintendo Online, which I doubt it, you know, I wouldn't mind paying the extra money, but. I'm sure Smash Online is going to be shit. Mario Kart Online is still going to be the same. I mean, Mario Kart Online doesn't really matter because it's not peer-to-peer. But, you know, fucking Smash Online is just so bad, man. Like, even when I was playing it after um, uh, Riptide, I was just playing Smash, like, randomly because I was just like, oh, you know, like, Smash is cool. And, you know, I'm fucking shit. But, you know, I'm just going to play for fun and do some sort of 1v1 matches online. And, oh, my God, bro, the lag is just so, so crazy. And it's just so annoying that, you know, I'm still paying for this online 20 bucks a year, which is, like, not a lot. It's not that big of a deal. But when it goes up to 50 just so I could play these fucking ROMs, that's that's going to be interesting. And I'm sure it'll be worth it if they actually, like, if, like, future DLC things for, like, other other Nintendo games get added on top of this expansion pass... I'm not sure if that'll happen, you know, like if like Splatoon 3 comes out and they come out with like another like single player DLC and that's part of the expansion pass, that's going to be nice. But right now where it's just the Animal Crossing DLC and these ROMs or whatever, I keep calling them ROMs because that's what they fucking are. Um, You know, it's it's just not worth it to me right now. I'm probably still going to like buy it at some point just because that's just who I am (laughs) Um, and I know myself. (laughs) Um, But... Yeah, I don't know if they're actually gonna decrease the price because of all of this outcry, but you know, I think forty dollars is a little more reasonable. But even then, that's still a little high. But you know, just because people know, Nintendo people know that the online is shit. So when we're already paying for the shit online and we gotta pay more, it's not gonna be fun. That's all I'll say. Yeah, it's like you really are just paying for N64 games and like Genesis games. Like I was thinking about it because I'm like, oh, that's cool that they added DLC there. But I'm like, then I need to keep paying for this online service if I want to keep the DLC for Animal Crossing. So I'd rather mm-hmm. just buy it outright. Um, you know, like I think Sony, like, even though like PS Plus isn't perfect either, like I think it's way better than like Nintendo online service. Like I, I don't even use online for like PlayStation games, but you know, you get deals, you get um. Free games. free games you get um usually it goes on discount every year too so usually i don't even buy ps plus for like full price like at all usually 60 dollars a year usually buy for like 40 dollars a year because usually they have some kind of sale for it like like in the middle of the year so you just buy that um and you know nintendo doesn't do that it's just like oh no it's always 20 dollars or it's always 50 dollars a year i think if they had sales on the online service like playstation did i might be more inclined to buy it but they probably won't 
<laughs> and, um, and you know, Xbox just blows everything out of the water with their you know Game yeah, Pass. Yeah, Game Pass. Stuff. Oh my god. Yeah, so you can get Game Pass and Xbox Gold in one. And I think it's still like sixty dollars if you want both of them, and that's great because obviously Game Pass is like honestly one of the best deals you could get at the moment. And you know, Nintendo just releasing this, it just makes them look like clowns, you know. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, definitely something. I, I was thinking about it with the Animal Crossing thing, but I'm like, nah, I'll just just get the Animal Crossing DLC and just not bother with it. Um, again, like you said, if they include more DLCs with it, that would be more enticing. I think they should have just done that anyway. I think they should have included, like the maybe the Breath of the Wild DLC or, or, or some the of the other pass. DLCs, or like the fighter passes and stuff. I think that would have made it a lot more appealing to people who didn't like buy those DLCs yet. Uh, oh, maybe mm-hmm. the the uh, what was that game called? Age of Calamity. Like they should have added like some of that in there. Um, that that would have been worth it, I think. But as it is right now, I just don't think it's worth it in my eyes. Yeah, and I know like Nintendo is very stingy with like their IPs and sort of like that Nintendo seal of quality and shit like that. But like when you're looking at your competition and they're just like you know it's it, it's super hard to match Game Pass, but at least try to match Sony to a certain extent. Yeah. So I agree. You know them being like this, we're like, all right, guys, we got some uh, Genesis ROMs and 64 ROMs, and then here's this Animal Crossing DLC. Hopefully, you're still playing Animal Crossing, by the way, after over a year. Hopefully, you're still playing that game. Um, you know, now we got this uh, Happy Home Paradise. So, if you're interested in that, you you can play that. But I'm like, you know, if I want to play these games now online with my friends in a in a setting that'll actually be somewhat stable, hopefully, because I'm sure that like there's ways to like emulate n64 roms and play them online on pc like there has to be at this fucking point you know it's it's uh 2021 there has to be right um but you know i'm not sure on how i feel about this just because you know i want to play these n64 games online with my friends and sort of have have fun with that but it's fucking 50 bucks (laughs) so you're paying more than double than you already were for the shitty nintendo online so yeah yeah at that point you might as well just like play double dash on like dolphin and like <laughs> some netcode shit like yeah or, or like try to just try to get like mario 64 on an emulator and use like parsec and like just play it like that because like there's just like i don't know I, I just i just don't think it's worth it until they add more games or add additional services to it uh then mm-hmm. i think it would be worth it but yeah like you said I, I, at least they could just match up with sony's like ps plus because i don't think ps plus is amazing but definitely better than this <laughs> Yeah, and I I mean, like, if Nintendo did start giving out, like, free games that are, like, over a year old, like, I'm not saying give it out, give out fucking Metroid Dread or some shit like that, yeah. you know, because that game just came out, but, like, give out, like, launch titles, like, you know, like, Breath of the Wild or shit like that for, like, maybe a week or for the whole month, like what PlayStation does, you know, and then you get people that have never tried a Zelda game before, they download it, they love it, they enjoy it, and guess what? When Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, you just secured another sale, you know, sort of thing. And, like, that doesn't really come out of your pocket. I mean, it, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it kind of does because, like, they could have paid $60 for it, but then again, they might not have sort of thing. So, like, there's that sort of, like, 50-50 flip or whatever that they're sort of like gambling on that like hey you know maybe they'll maybe they would have bought it maybe they wouldn't have but like then again it's like when you look at the competition for the online console services it's like what the fuck are you guys doing <laughs> yeah exactly just again like i said it just makes them look like clowns because of like how much better the other two are doing in terms of this online service and nintendo still feels like to just try to figure it out and you know we're used to that by now because nintendo is like the old grandpa trying to like figure out how all this <laughs> online stuff works but at this point it's kind of just like get your act together you know mm-hmm. yeah 
All right, so next bit of news we got is Dragon Ball Super Superhero movie trailer. This is the New York Comic Con trailer. I did go to New York Comic Con, and it was all right. Um, so this trailer is a CG trailer uh, of the next Dragon Ball movie, which I did not expect it to be CG. I guess we should have expected it to be CG because the first teaser for this new movie uh, was a like CG Goku doing like cool poses, which is like all you need for Dragon Ball fans. Is like once they see Goku, they're like, I'm fucking in. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the timeline for this movie is like kind of weird. So this movie takes place before Super and before the epilogue episode in Dragon Ball Z. So right before you see Goku versus Oob in like the uh, tournament ring, this yeah. is where this movie takes place. So that's kind of weird and kind of interesting. Uh, the fact that we're having a sort of like Dragon Ball Super movie, but it's taking place in the Dragon Ball Z sort of timeline. I don't know. It's kind of weird. The name Superhero when it's called Dragon Ball Super is also like kind of dumb but you know it's dragon ball i'm sure like the fans don't really care that much about the titles because like i said once they see goku they're fucking pogging out of their mind and shit um and you know this is just the first trailer it's not a lot going on here we just saw like the new character sort of like what the setup is going to be about um but i'm not sort of holding my breath that this is going to be better than the broly movie because the broly movie wasn't cg they did have cg elements in it but it was mainly 2D animation and it was fucking beautifully animated and it had Broly and it had Goku and Vegeta and like their super god, super sand forms and shit like that and it was hype. Uh, but this one seems it's taking a little bit of a step back in my opinion, but you know, I guess I'm going to have to see another trailer to really get impressed by it. But right now I'm kind of like, oh, you know, it's another Dragon Ball movie, which we've had a bajillion of those at this point. Yeah, I basically feel the same way. Like I told Travis before the podcast, I thought this was a trailer for the Kakarot game. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> this is the new movie. Um, I mean, the CG looks fine. I mean, like obviously, mm-hmm. would I prefer it to be 2D, like 100%. Like I usually don't bitch about CG and anime that much, unless it's like this, mm-hmm. where it's like the whole thing, and you know, and it's not like B stars or anything. Where like you know, it, it was a Ravi 3D, so like you can't really complain about it. The, and you know, I think it looks good, B stars. But you know, so, like this, like you know, you're used to obviously seeing Dragon Ball in 2D, and now it's like in 3D. And I'm so used to looking at the games, and it just, just looks like one of the video games now. So I'm like, oh, it's just a cutscene <laughs> in one of the video games. Um, but yeah, I guess in terms of like even scope, it feels kind of weird. Like at that point, it might as well just be called Dragon Ball Z Superhero instead of Super. Like you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's still kind of in the Z timeline. Um, and you know, after getting all the hype stuff like Broly and like even like Battle of the Gods and not really Resurrection F, that was okay. But um, you know, <laughs> the, the, their like scales were like a lot bigger and like they were really like fun and hype to watch. This one seems to be like kind of back to being like kind of on earth i guess and looks like they're dealing with the red ribbon army again i think um so yeah it's like like all right cool i guess it just i don't know to me it doesn't feel as hype as like something like the burly movie or whatever and i don't know dragon ball's kind of in like a weird position now because it kind of ended you know super ended we got broly which i think was after super right so i was kind of like mm-hmm. wondering if they were just gonna have like maybe a new movie like to start up the next i guess arc of dragon ball maybe have a different subtitle and everything to it like uh bow the gods did but um i guess not <laughs> and um <laughs> also makes me a little concerned if the next Dragon Ball, if all future Dragon Ball projects are all going to be in CG now, which will take kind of adjustment to get used to. But, um, you know, I guess it's fine. I, I probably won't, like, I'm not, like, crazy to watch it like it was with Broly. I'm like, oh, I got to see this. This one, I'm kind of just, like, whatever about it. So, um, I guess we'll see. I mean, I guess anime movies in general are always kind of, like, weird, right? Like, yeah. Some of them you get really hyped for. Some of them you don't. Like, you know, Dra- uh, Dragon Slayer? What the fuck? No, Demon Slayer <laughs> was... Um, 
was uh you know that was a great movie because it could i, I kind of i it's weird right because anime movies that continue the main story are usually like hype to me because i i like care more right because mm-hmm. it all matters obviously it sucks that demon slayer is kind of recapping everything from like the first seven episodes for season two yeah so they're which not is a alienating little, anyone yeah which is a little sucky i think they should just put the movie as part of like the season like, i'll just watch it like that um but whatever uh you know same thing with the Jujutsu Kaisen like is doing like sort of like a prequel movie I think that's pretty cool as well because mm-hmm. that's also supposed to be like important to like the lore but then you have things like the My Hero movies or like the Dragon Ball movies where they don't really matter that much like yes they're canon but like most of them don't really matter uh obviously the newer Dragon Ball movies matter like uh Battle of the Gods and Resurrection F and Bro. but even then in Dragon Ball Super they recap those yeah, but then they recap them anyway. So what's the, even the point? <laughs> like, I, like, I already watched a movie, which is going to be the better version anyway. Why? Why are you recapping it like a worse version of it? But um, whatever. I digress. I, I'm gonna probably watch it anyway. But yeah, I'm not very hyped for it. Yeah, I mean, like you say that this looked like Dragon Ball Kakarot. When I first saw it, I think I told you this. Uh, <laughs> the bursting I, limit or whatever. No, no, I thought it was the uh, Team Four Star, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> D- Dragon Ball Z shorts. Like, all right, yeah. guys, go on Team Four Star's YouTube channel. They have like these DBZ shorts that are all like CG and like done with their voice cast. The, they're funny. Like those clips are like very funny. Oh, yeah. I, when I saw this trailer, this is my first thought that it was. I was like, what the fuck is this? But you know, like you said, I have a very similar opinion when it comes to uh cg in anime i don't mind it as long as it doesn't look too terrible you know um and sure you know there are very clear cases of when it does look bad uh the demon slayer movie i thought it looked all right but you know some people were like oh it looks like shit and i'm like uh yeah you know there's only so much that they can do (laughs) um but you know this movie being all cg i'm sure that they're just testing the waters and seeing on how it'll work and this is going to be the first dragon ball movie that's fully cg i believe so uh, we'll just see where it goes from there. I just want to see a second trailer, to be honest, because I feel like I didn't get a lot from this first one. It's only like 30, 40 seconds or something like that. So, Yeah, a second trailer probably help, like the hype. But yeah, we're just going to have to wait for that at this point. Mm-hmm. All right, so last bit of news here. We got some Spider-Man No Way Home news because it never ends. So, uh, <laughs> Tom Holland basically just answered some questions for Entertainment Weekly. I uh, confirmed that Doc's arms are going to be CG, so more CG. <laughs> um, <laughs> saying that you know Doc Ock's actor, you know, had to adjust for being puppets to CGI. Uh, I didn't even know they were puppets. I always thought they were like CGI in Spider-Man Two. Uh, like mm-hmm. I, I think I, I know that some scenes they were probably with puppets, but um. I don't know. I, I thought it was always just CGI, so that's pretty impressive. That yeah. To, uh, I think the um uh, sort of like close-up shots where like he's talking to the arms, I think those are puppets because, you know, Sam oh. Raimi, Sam Raimi's a goddamn filmmaker and that's what he does, so. Yeah, and I think that's cool. You know, obviously practical effects are pretty much gone. Like a lot of people just use CG now. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't really matter anymore because CG looks really good now. So it doesn't, it's not as like immersion breaking as, you know, back in the early 2000s or even like 2010s where it like kind of looks a little like janky. Like mm-hmm. nowadays, like I, I really don't care if most movies are CGI because it just looks just as good as practical effects at this point. Um, but anyway, uh, basically, uh, Tom Holland here is saying that it's an opportunity to pay tribute to previous iterations of the character, but also taking Peter in a new direction. So basically, he's saying like this movie is sort of like, I, it really feels like he's saying, yeah, it's gonna, the other Spider-Man is gonna be in this. You know, <laughs> but what else does he mean by that? Like, pay tribute to previous incarnations of the character. Like, like Tom Holland can't do all of them, so obviously the other character, other Spider-Man is gonna be in this movie. Mm-hmm, um, hopefully, and I guess <laughs> yeah. And you know, taking Peter in a new direction. I wonder what that means. Probably like Tom Holland Spider-Man, right? Like he's probably gonna be yeah weird in this movie am i in like just from my interpretation of what he's saying here you know Mm -hmm. um Um, i think that uh with the next quote i'll read it real quick Uh, we were all 
we were all treating No Way Home as the end of the franchise, let's say, he adds. I think we were lucky enough to dive into these characters again. Uh, uh, God damn it. Am I fucking misreading this? Oh, my God. Uh, You'd be seeing a very different version. Uh, It would no longer be the homecoming trilogy we would give it some time and try to build something different and tonally change the movies whether that happens or not i don't know but we are definitely treating or we were definitely treating no way home like it is like it was coming to an end and it felt like that so um my theory uh with that statement uh i mean obviously you know the end of a trilogy it's the fucking third movie of course it's going to be the end of a trilogy um but what i think he means by like you know diving in, into the these characters again and and it's going to be like totally different um is people are hoping that they're going to do tom holland spider-man boat in college and i think that that would be interesting um just because we haven't had a spider-man go fully through high school and then go into college. But even then, like, most of Tom Holland's movies, he's not really, like, in high school. He's doing, like, a whole bunch of, like, other bullshit. Uh, and, you know, this movie, it's going to be, like, into the Spider-Verse, hopefully. The last movie, he was in fucking Europe. And then the first movie was, for the most part, he was in high school. I will give it up there. Um, but, you know, him going to college, I think that that could be a interesting take. Um, because I know Tom Holland loves this character and he loves playing... Uh, you know spider-man so and people love seeing him as spider-man even what people on twitter may you know naysay if you will um but yeah i think that this being the end of the sort of like homecoming trilogy is good and hopefully you know if or when they jump back into tom holland spider-man it'll be totally different because you know the sort of like goofy high school antics is you know getting kind of old i'm gonna be honest (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean yeah i think it's time to like sort of like change you know how he acts like i mean it's like that with every spider-man like trilogy except amazing spider-man because he didn't get a third movie but um you know it's always good to sort of change the character either you know make a new series of spider-man or just change how tom holland spider-man is going to be so probably him going to college would be a kind of a cool idea maybe have him mature a bit you know take being spider-man more seriously or whatever i think that'd be a nice like sort of development to his character and we can see what happens from there or maybe spider-man is just done after this movie i don't know like maybe they'll like you know give him another rest and like make a new one i don't know (laughs) but um it's gonna be interesting to see what happens after this movie because they really are treating it like sort of like an end to this and you know spider-man's always been a unique case in terms of marvel because he feels oddly bigger than avengers whereas like you know his movies like matter i guess a lot more individually obviously um i think far from home you know probably didn't hit as hard as like spider-man 2 or anything like that but um Mm -hmm. you know they still like feel like the own separate thing compared to the avengers movies you know like they're part of the mcu but they also could stand on their own more i think than something like iron man 2 or iron man 3 you know what i mean like those movies like who really cares unless you're like caring about the mcu right like you know spider-man movie is always a big event so uh seeing them treating this like really seriously like giving probably a lot of fan service and just concluding things that you know that makes me happy to hear as just a spider-man fan in general um and hopefully it's just like a big celebration of the characters like just movie appearances you know like i do want to see toby Maguire and andrew garfield uh you know seeing all these other villains and stuff like i don't know i, I hopefully they do do it right because you know there's a lot of hype for this movie now and if they don't deliver then people are gonna be very angry <laughs> <laughs> and even if they don't deliver they're still gonna make a shit ton of money because it's True. spider-man um but yeah i mean tom holland's iteration of spider-man 
we've talked about it multiple times on this yeah. podcast, you know, at different points. And one of our, one of our friends, Jeffrey, you know, he was just like talking to me about it just like randomly. And like, I think the, the very interesting and weird thing about Holland Spider-Man is that like, you know, because of circumstances, because of how he was brought into the MCU through Captain America Civil War, I said that like, you know, if he wasn't in that movie, the movie doesn't really change. And like the reason why they brought him in there is because, well, they got him. So like they might as well put him in there and, you know, boost up the box office numbers just a little bit, but also at the same time, introduce the audience to Spider-Man, uh, this this version of Spider-Man. And every single movie that has the solo Tom Holland movies, it's always sort of tied back to the MCU in some way, but that's just how the MCU works. But at the same time, there are some MCU movies that don't tie super heavily compared to the Spider-Man movies, if you get what I'm saying. Because like, you know, the... Uh, first spider-man movie homecoming that was all about the vulture and how tony stark fucked him over the second one uh, it's very much about uh uh tony's death and how peter is dealing with that and then with this one it's dealing with the spider-verse and dr strange is is somehow involved in it and because of that uh the sort of like you know interdimensional bullshit you know it's gonna affect the rest of the mcu as well and i'm sure that's because of things that happen in the other uh Disney Plus shows. So, you know, this version of Spider-Man is very much heavily attached to the MCU. And, you know, that is a good and bad thing, depending on how you look at it. And I think that with with the cards that uh, Marvel and Sony were dealt, because they were... They sort of had to, like, insert uh, Spider-Man in, in a fucking Captain America movie and not, like, as, like, his own character first. Um, I think that they did a pretty good job so far, hopefully, no Way Home doesn't ruin that, but, <laughs> you know, I think that everything that's surrounding No Way Home and, you know, there's rumors that we'll get a trailer by the end of this month or the 1st of November and shit like that, you know, there's always news about Spider-Man No Way Home because this movie is so hyped and so anticipated that it's honestly out of this world at this point. Yeah, and, you know, they've been keeping it such a secret about, like, all the different things in it that... You know, I'm just very, I'm just excited to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope they like they probably are gonna show Toby and Andrew in the um, yeah in the in the trailer just because you know why wouldn't they? But mm-hmm. I kind of hope they don't. Like, I kind of want it to just be a mystery the whole time, even though we kind of know what's gonna happen at this point. <laughs> uh, I think that'd be really neat, but um, I guess we're just gonna have to see because uh, you know, I think this movie is gonna be a movie. You you know, you if you're a Spider-Man fan, you know. You're probably going to watch it anyways. Yeah, you're going to watch it anyway. Like, we're going to watch it. So, like, yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's going to be hype, I hope. I, I really hope it's going to be good. Um, And I I, just, I just want to watch it, right? <laughs> I just wanna, yeah. You know, we, we've been talking about the rumors, the, the, everything about this movie since, like, two or seven years ago or a year ago. I can't remember. Yeah. Like, I'm, ever I'm since Jamie Foxx was announced. <laughs> yeah, ever since he did that oopsie. Like, that we've just been, like, just on this. So, I, I'm ready to watch it and, like, give our... The whole thoughts about it I'm, I'm very excited for it yeah and i think that you know that second trailer whenever it, it does job we're 100 going to be see seeing toby and andrew if they are in the movie to begin with just because uh you know sony with the spider-man trailers i think homecoming was a clear example that they just showed too much you know they pretty much gave away like the entire plot which was yeah. fine you know there were still some surprises in there like the vultures reveal and shit like that but you know i'm sure that this second trailer we're probably going to see all three spider-man in some shot if they're if they're all in the movie obviously so you know gonna keep holding my breath and uh whenever that trailer drives we are 100 gonna discuss it but Moving on from there, we're going to talk about our recent activities. So do you want to talk about Dread first or do you want to save that for later? 
Uh, we can save that for later since we both played it. Uh, I finished it and you played a bit, so we could uh, yeah. sort of okay, do that. Okay, so I'll let you go first because, you know, once again, I got a big-ass list. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess uh, I've actually been playing a lot. Well, yeah, basically a lot of new games. Been, look, my wallet's been crying because I've been basically buying like, every new game because, like, every new game has been, like, things I wanted. Uh, so New World, I actually wasn't going to buy this at launch. I was going to wait a little bit before buying it. But uh, one of our friends, Jeffrey, you know, he was super into it. I'm like, you know what? I'll play a bit. I'll play a bit. You know, I was going to play mm-hmm. it anyway. New MMO. I always like those. And uh, basically the way I could describe New World is it probably is the most 6, 7 out of 10 game I played. But it's pretty fun. Uh, you know, I think it does fulfill that niche of MMOs that I've never found too engaging because they've always been full of super like microtransactions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's more the lifestyle PvP type of MMO. Uh, the two main MMOs I play being Guild Wars 2, less so, and Final Fantasy XIV, which I play a lot. Um, those two games are theme park MMOs, more focused on PvE-type stuff, you know, raids, dungeons, all that good stuff, story. Um, you know, that's kind of what I like in my MMOs. I'm not too big into the PvP side of things or, like, crafting or gathering, even though those games have those as well. Uh, New World really focuses on that PvP and, like, sort of lifestyle type of gameplay and it's always something i want to get into uh another famous example of an mmo like that is black desert and i've given that game plenty of shots but damn man i, I just can't get into korean mmos just because they're always so pay to win like i just <laughs> j- i just can't like the combat's really fun in, in bdo the exploration is really nice the graphics are great but damn man the the, the pay to win just ruins it for me it's kind of why i can't get into um Genshin Impact as well, just because there's just it's too much like actual money involved. I'm just, it just takes away the fun for me. Uh, New World kind of has that, but it's not pay to win. You just buy the game for 40 bucks. It's actually a really good deal because you do get a lot of gameplay out of uh, this game. And that's it. You kind of just have it. No sub fee or anything. Just, just play the game. Uh, and I know at launch, people were having a lot of issues with queue times. Uh, you know, that that's just to be expected. I know Amazon could have done better uh, with server infrastructure and just space because they're fucking Amazon, like I said before. <laughs> um, but I, I think for the most part, people should expect server issues and stuff whenever a new MMO comes out. I mean, that's just basic knowledge at this point. Again, should they have done better? Yes, but also it's a new goddamn MMO. Like, I don't know what people expected. Um, in terms of the game itself, uh, the reason why I say it's like a 6 or 7 is because it still feels like it's not supposed to be like I, they, they made the game even though the game is primarily focused again on pvp and lifestyle type stuff uh it's still trying to be a pve mmo where you have questing and you level it's into some dungeons and stuff and that's definitely the weakest part of the game because apparently all this stuff was added like a year before the game came out like they just like, i think amazon noticed that sandbox pvp games just aren't that popular because they more appeal to the hardcore crowd and not really the casuals so like okay we have to add some kind of pve in here so they added all of that last minute and it really shows like you basically just fight zombies and like bears and wolves the whole fucking time like that's all you do <laughs> to level up all the quests are just like gather this do that go over here you know very standard mmo quest and the dungeons while they're fun are pretty like straightforward you know you just go through some hallways. You fight some things as a team. Again, it's fun because you're playing with other players and you can synergize with each other. But for the most part, it's things I've seen before. And I think, you know, games like Guild Wars 2 have probably done all this better anyway. Um, but I still think the things New World does do well is the things that it was originally meant to be. Like, I didn't play too much of the PvP yet because I'm just going to get, like, screwed over by people that, like, 40 levels higher than me but um the lifestyle type stuff you know just gathering stuff cutting wood just crafting things is honestly a lot more fun than i thought you know i love games like stardew valley and terraria and like uh stardew valley 
I think I said that. The slime rancher, I mean. <laughs> um, you know, I, I like those chill games like that. And this game sort of like has that nice, relaxing feeling to it too. Um, you know, the world is beautiful. Like, I think this is one of the better looking MMOs out at the current moment. Obviously, it makes sense because it's newer. Um, and just the the sheer scale of the world is also very impressive. Like, it really does feel like I'm running around, like I'm running around like this medieval world and stuff. It, it is really impressive, honestly. Um, like the lighting is really nice. Like, I, I really do like the art direction as well. Going for this more, I guess, Van Helsing type art style where you got like you know rifles and like these cool trench coats and shit. Like, it, it, it does look really cool. Um, and the combat's fun as well. The combat's more, I guess, akin to Dark Souls, where you have your dodge roll, you have three abilities, heavy attack, light attack, things like that. Um, and, it, yeah, it's pretty fun. I, I do think you need more abilities in a weapon. So right now, you have you can have two weapons, and you can swap to either one, and you have three abilities each. I do think that's a little too low amount of abilities. I think add five abilities to each weapon and we're good i think 10 active abilities on you on any given moment is like probably the for the best because combat can feel very repetitive with mm-hmm. just having three active abilities it's just you know yeah i think you just need at least two more abilities per weapon um but besides that i think the game has a good like a good base like i think amazon could really get going here they could add more structured pvp instead of being just all open world because that's sort of an issue add more end game because currently i don't think there really is much of an end game just yet you know like raids or whatever um but yeah i think they should just lean more into the pvp side of things so i think that's what the game excels at even though i'm a pve player I, i i think this game is more structured to be a pvp game so I think the least they could do, probably the thing that would take the less amount of time is having just some sort of like structured instance PvP. And I think this game will be like good to go, honestly, because it is pulling some high numbers. So, um, you know, hopefully Amazon got something here. Uh, You know, I'm liking it a decent amount. Uh, I'll probably be, I'll probably try to get to max level. It's taking forever, but um, I'll probably play more of it and get to max level and just wait for new concepts to come out. Because again, it has a good base. Hopefully Amazon doesn't mess it up. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, that was long. So, uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. So, this is the, I guess, the remake of Monkey Ball's 1 and 2 and 1 mm-hmm. game. And it's really good. So, I, I really like Monkey Ball. I never played the original two Monkey Balls, ironically enough, the best ones in the series. Just because I, I never found it for GameCube when I was younger. And I just didn't really care, I guess. It wasn't until Banana <laughs> Blitz, which is the one everyone hates when I actually got into the series. Uh, and I'm like, oh, this is fun. Then I got, like, the DS one and then the 3DS one. And I, I really enjoyed them a lot. And then the series kind of just went away for a while. Uh, and then this game came out. Well, actually, they, they made a remake of Banana Blitz, but no one really cared. But now they made this, <laughs> and um, I think they did a good job. I, I think the game runs really well. I have it on Switch. Um, you know, the game runs well, which you would expect, because, you know, it's just Monkey Ball. It's not, like, that crazy. And, yeah, you basically get what you get. You know, you get uh, remix. Uh, I guess um, the remakes of Monkey Balls 1 and 2. You also get some levels from the DX version of 1, which I believe was like just a, a port back in the day and had some new levels. You get that as well. You also get just a bunch of other content. Like You get some special modes like dark banana mode, where it's like if you touch any banana, you die. Or there's one where it's like collect every banana or you die. There's some reverse stages. Like There's just a crap ton of content in this game. I'm actually very impressed by the amount of stuff they added. Um, obviously, you have like you can get skins with in-game currency you get by completing levels. You can play as Sonic Tails. You can play as Kiryu from, from Yakuza and mm-hmm. Beat from Jet Set Radio. It's really weird. Uh, you could also play as like Morgana from Persona 5. I think that's DLC coming later. It's really weird. Uh, but yeah, you can tell Sega did put some effort into this, which is really nice. You know, 
I, I know some people are kind of sour about the Sonic Colors Ultimate being not the best. Um, I definitely think they put a lot more attention to the Banana Mania right here because it does have a ton of content and it does seem like they really did care about Monkey Ball instead of like Sonic Colors. It feels kind of more of a rush job. Uh, I know some people complaining about the physics. I know I didn't play enough. I didn't play like any Monkey Ball one or two, so I can't really comment on that. <laughs> but some people say, "Oh, the physics aren't quite right." So yeah, maybe if you're that person, don't buy it. But I think for any more casual Monkey Ball player, I think this is great. Uh, I've been having a ton of fun. Uh, the game is hard as shit. Like like Monkey Ball should be. Like it took me mm-hmm. like an hour to beat like one level. I'm like, God, please kill me. But it's <laughs> it's like a ton of fun. I, I you know Monkey Ball has always been a fun series for me, and um, I'll be happy enough to support the series because you know it's great. And I hope Sega makes more. Like I said, we said in the podcast before, Sega has a ton of IPs to just don't use, and I hope like the sales of this like remake will just make them make more Monkey Ball, and hopefully do like a Jet Set Radio and some other shit. So yeah, really happy about this. And next, last thing I've been playing, Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah, I'm finally playing this because, you know, Sora got released in Smash. And Kingdom Hearts is always a series I've always wanted to get into, even when I was younger. I remember always going to, like, uh, like Blockbuster, right? Mm-hmm. And I've always seen it for rent. Like, I remember that box art for the first game. Always looks so cool. I'm like, that that looks really cool. And then I just never rented it. I just, like, rented, like, Shadow the Hedgehog instead. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of regret that, but... Now I'm finally playing it. You know, I, it's really easy to play this series now. Everything's on PS4. You know, you don't have to play on your DS or your 3DS or your PSPs. Now everything's on PS4. You play the whole story right there. And I've already had the I had it on PS4 for a while, so I'm like, okay, let's just jump in. So I have about like what, like 15 hours of having Kingdom Hearts one. I started a little like a week ago, and um, yeah, it's pretty fun. I mean, the first game isn't like too crazy. It's basically just like. Sora and like his friends get separated and the whole game is just you trying to find them and that's about it like is that too much in terms of storytelling yet which is fine because I know the story gets absolutely dumb and insane later <laughs> so that's gonna be fun to go through but right now it's pretty it's just a kid going through Disney worlds and sealing some keyholes and that's about it and it's pretty fun you know um there's a ton of nostalgia for anyone that played like Final Fantasy 7 or 8 there's a lot of those characters in there obviously if you watch any of the like the 90s disney movies like we have probably like there's a ton of nostalgia there like when i was going through the aladdin world i was like yeah this shit hits this is sick you know like you know like like come on aladdin let's go free jasmine from jafar like that's pretty sick um in terms of combat it's not too crazy yet and again like i said the future kingdom heart games get insane with the combat and it looks so fun this game is pretty straightforward uh you jump you can attack with x and you can use some spells with like the sort of command deck you have to the left of you and yeah you just could cast any fire healings type stuff all from final fantasy and it plays pretty fun you know it's not too crazy just yet you're mostly just mashing x most of the time but it's pretty fun for what it is i I know the series gets crazier so i'm not gonna be too harsh on it because again i know they improve on it and you know usually first games in the series are always gonna be a little rusty when terms of like game mechanics and stuff but for what's here it's pretty fun and addicting you know i really like you know leveling up sora it's just like any rpg really um but the thing that this game does differently from the other games is it kind of plays more like a like a 3d platformer with really bad mm-hmm. platforming um yeah <laughs> i remember this is what turned me off when i played i actually did play a bit of kingdom hearts one when the ps3 remakes came out uh like uh, like a while ago and i played like an hour and the control uh, like sword controls like shit and then just stopped and that's still true like i think sword's platforming controls are not good he's very floaty uh, and it just doesn't feel great. Like he could grab ledges, which is nice, but the game does actually do a lot more platforming than I would like. Um, again, it's not nothing too bad that would like kind of stop you from playing the game, but it's definitely not the strong suit of the game. 
um, you know, the combat definitely is the stronger point, which I'm glad Square saw that and just made the other games like full action RPGs. But yeah, from what I'm playing, it's really fun. You know, it definitely has that first game syndrome where it's like pretty different from the rest of them. And it obviously gets better as the games go on. But for what it is, I, I, having a ton of fun, nice and nostalgic, you know, just a nice nice game to play right now I, and I'm, I'm enjoying it you know i want to get to i want to get into this series it's been a series a long time coming for me and i just kind of just want to play through all of them so yeah all right that's about so it. before we get into dread i got a whole lot of shows and manga i've been uh reading and watching so yeah uh squid game netflix i mean what can i say about the show that hasn't already been said it's really good um it I wouldn't say it lives up to the hype because it's kind of hard to live up to a hype where literally everyone on fucking Netflix is watching it. Um, but if you haven't watched it yet, watch it. It's really good. Um, and I think once you get the premise and sort of understand what the show's trying to do, you'll probably get behind it, hopefully. Um, and just like a quick rant. Like it, if you watch this shit with fucking English dub, what the fuck oh, are you yeah. doing? Please, God, <laughs> do not watch an English dub. The moment you hear the English voices, you should instantly change it to the Korean voices and just read the subtitles. I don't give a fuck if you're doing other shit in the background. Watch the fucking show then. Don't don't put on Squid Game and then be like, oh, I'm doing other shit. Oh, I did watch Squid Game. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't watch it because you heard these shitty English voices and you weren't even giving the show your full attention. Um, that's just I my little that. rant. You know, yeah, people... I, I... <laughs> yeah, go on. No, no, no. no. I was just gonna say I, I I didn't finish it yet, so I didn't want to talk about it because you know I didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, yeah. But it, it kind of defaults. I think it defaults to to yeah, the yeah, dub. Yeah, yeah. Right? So like, yeah. If you don't uh, watch a lot of foreign shows on Netflix or or like anime or whatever, it'll default to English. So like, some people just like had it on there, and I'm like you don't think that this sounds like garbage or what? Like, <laughs> Yeah, so usually I defend dubs most of the time. Like I usually don't think that's bad as people say or whatever, but that's because the anime, right? I feel like it's easier to disassociate their, I guess, their nationality when they're just a goddamn animated character and it doesn't really matter that much to me. However, when it comes to real people, it it's, it's really distracting and yes, it sounds bad, mostly because they sound like anime characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like really weird. So yeah, if you're going to watch this, don't don't watch a dub. Usually I kind of advocate for dubs. Like, you know, I watch most anime like half sub or dub, like wherever I feel like it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is definitely something you don't want to do. I think watching anyone like real people, if it's like a B movie like Godzilla, then sure. Like I did that when I was younger because I didn't care because i want to watch godzilla but if it's like a more story-based thing like this yeah definitely watch it with korean subs <laughs> yeah or, i mean or, you know like watch it with korean voice and english yeah my god man just seeing the clips on twitter of like the voices i'm like it gets this fucking bad oh my oh, god yeah. <laughs> like holy shit um but yeah squid game super good watch it if you haven't already uh we'll talk about it more when damien finishes it yeah. um sex education season three i watched after this this was a nice palate cleanser because this show is fucking ridiculous and funny um and very wholesome you know it's a uh, coming of age uh sort of show about these kids in high school and there's a lot of sex going on and this is the, the third season um i just love these characters so much that i didn't realize that like the season wasn't as good as the other ones you know just seeing them do their high school shit you know them getting into relationships this and that you know I'm just I'm just fucking all in on this show and hopefully the next season is the last one because it is getting a little stale and I don't want the show to go on for too long um but yeah if you haven't watched sex education like just watch the first episode and you know if it's up your alley it's up your alley you know if you're not laughing and sort of like freaking out at like the shit that's going on because I was definitely doing that when I was watching season three I was like what the fuck is going on why why is this happening this and that but um 
yeah, it, definitely a nice palate cleanser, especially after watching Squid Game. Uh, the Ninja Turtles 2003 cartoon, because this is going to sound hella fucking random. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, when I was at New York Comic Con, uh, this was the only thing I bought. I bought a bootleg Blu-ray of the entire series of the 2003 Ninja ninja turtles so the reason i did this is because there's no official release of the entire series on dvd uh if you want to get the entire series on dvd you kind of have to like piece some like uh shitty like dvds together that have like episodes one two three then seven nine or some shit and it's like weird so i just decided to just buy the blu-ray of this bootleg because i'm like well i kind of want to watch it in kind of hd but not really like i like i knew what i was getting myself into but um i got through like half of the first season and then i stopped because i was like oh shit i gotta like do homework um so yeah i'm very much i have a huge nostalgia sort of factor with this show because i just grew up with it i love these turtles i love this show even as i was like getting older like at like as a kid i was still watching this show just because i loved it that much i love these characters um season four is still like one of my favorite seasons of the show because it's just so much darker and like the reason why this show is also good from like a non-like uh bias perspective i guess is that like it's more uh faithful to the comics which is like a huge plus for me and because of that it is darker and season four is definitely the darkest season of this show there's seven seasons by the way so it's it's, oh it's gonna be a while before i actually finish it but you know just re-watching uh half of the first season was super duper fun uh my hero academia season five i finished it was all right i mean you know as a manga reader <laughs> I'm going to be that fucking guy right now. As a manga <laughs> reader, you know, like I knew what I was getting myself into. So like I knew how like it was going to end and like what it's building up to. Um, So I think the next season is going to be pretty hype. But then again, I kind of said that uh, going into this season. But I think the way that they executed it was sort of like uh, going like taking like the first half of the season being like or like most of the season being like it's a class 1a versus class 1b or whatever and then like the last couple of episodes are like the my villain stuff which like the my villain stuff in my opinion is kind of cool when i was reading it in the manga it was like super duper dope like just like learning about the villains and like their backstory and like seeing the artwork but obviously when it was ad adapted into the anime it's not going to look as good which is like to be expected but like i felt like the execution of it wasn't all there you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be that, that fucking guy right now i think i just like reading my hero more because i could read it at my own pace and it's not as slow compared to the anime uh, but I think that's just how, you know, going from manga to anime is always, you know, when you read a manga, you could read it at your own pace. And then with a anime, you sort of have to, you're at the will of how fast or how slow the show's going. So, uh, but you know, My Hero season five, it was all right. I think it, it's, it's kind of on par with the last season, which, you know, is a good or bad thing because, you know, season four, it was super duper hype with the, uh, with the, uh overhaul stuff and then like yeah. the second half was like the uh festival stuff which like when we called that filler i still remember the guy that commented on that episode was like uh that's actually not filler and like he is right that shit was not filler that shit was actually I mean, uh canon but um, that's right that's what i said i'm like it, it's filler canon where it's like <laughs> but i mean i also didn't mind it like i, I mean i enjoyed watching it for what it was but mm -hmm. i know it's not technically filler because it's like it was in the uh, in the manga but mm -hmm. it kind of is filler <laughs> you know what i mean even yeah. if 
yeah, yeah, yeah. canon. <laughs> oh my god, the one filler episode in season five with uh, Ochaka and them doing like this mission. When I was watching it, because you know I read the manga, I was like, "Is this fucking filler?" And then I looked it up, and I was like, "It is fucking filler." And like when I told uh, Kofi and Louis, they were like, "Wait, that was filler?" I was like, "Yeah, that was fucking filler." Can you not <laughs> tell the, the the fucking story started and then it ended the same episode? I was like, "I can't believe I watched this fucking filler episode." during like my fucking study break anyways you know my hero season five like i said it's mid as people would say uh demon slayer season two has started only the first episode is out right now and that was sort of to like uh build up rengoku's character uh and just seeing ufo tables animation again like that was just all worth it honestly you know like this is 100 percent a fucking filler episode but because I just love Demon Slayer so much, seeing UFO Table's animation again, getting to know Rengoku just a little bit more, uh, seeing how he gets onto the Mugen train, uh, you know, just seeing all of that stuff, I was all in. You know, like I, 100% when I'm rewatching this Mugen train stuff, I'm going to be fucking fanboying all the way through. Despite me knowing what happens, like already, uh, you know, I'm going to have so much fun with uh, Demon Slayer season two because I never watched Demon Slayer week to week because when I watched it, it's already been like a couple years since it was out or maybe a year. Uh, so now I get to watch it every single Sunday and that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, after the rain, the manga, uh, I finished it uh, and it is definitely a lot better than the anime because the anime cuts a lot of stuff out. Uh, but the anime and the manga have like a similar ending in a sense. Um, it's not the same, but it's similar. Um, but if you want, like, if you like the anime of After the Rain and you want more, read the manga from start to finish. You'll see like a couple of more stories and more development for the characters. And you'll probably get a lot more enjoyment out of the manga than the anime. Uh, just because, like I said, they flesh more stories out. They flesh more characters out. And yeah, it was fun reading it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Definitely happy that I w- that I'm able to finish a manga series because a lot of the manga that I'm reading is like ongoing shit. So, uh, and speaking of ongoing stuff, my dress up darling. This is the uh, manga about this girl that that likes cosplay, and then this guy that like uh, he like sews clothes for like dolls or whatever, and he feels embarrassed about it. But you know, it's a wholesome, cute uh, relationship. So you know, that's why I'm reading it. Uh, and I recently bought volume four because it was at Kino Kinia in the city. So I was just like, all right, now I could actually read volume four, which I believe is the latest volume in print. But that's about it. So now let's talk about Metroid Dread. Uh, do you want me to go first? Because I, I'm, I'm still like within like the first impressions phase and you sort of like finished it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you could. Yeah, you talk about your first impressions and I'll just like add right. on to it about not spoiling too much. <laughs> all right. So uh, first impressions, first impressions. Um, What can I say? It's been a long time since I played a Metroid game. And I think the first one that I really played was the last one I played, which was Samus Returns uh, on the 3DS. And this is made by the same studio, Mercury Steam, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And like, I could definitely tell by that with the whole like uh, Perry thing. I was definitely fucking that up a lot. The goddamn EMMIs of motherfuckers. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I swear to God, every single last night when I was playing it, uh, I was like, bro, I fucking hit it. No cap, no fucking cap, bro. It's a fucking (laughs) delay on the joy cons, but you know, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm going to be honest. And like, you know, with like Metroidvania games, I'm always scared and like intimidated that like, I'm going to get fucking stuck, which like I haven't yet, but you know, I'm sort of like 
moving my way through once once i realize that like i'm going in a circle within an area i'm like all right i have to advance to this next area and and i literally just got to the place with like all of the rooms that is like super fucking high in temperature or whatever yeah, so like yeah. you know i'm like going into a room oh shit i can't be in here go out you know and like it's a lot of fun like exploring doing the um uh, sort of parry attacks on the emmys you know despite me dying like at least like 20 times last night uh and i'm sure you've died a lot more than me yeah. hopefully and <laughs> you know i've seen you know people on twitter tweet about like man i never get that fucking parry i just like accept my death and i'm like you know what that's fair that's fucking fair um but yeah i'm having a lot of fun just like getting upgrades defeating the bosses the first boss uh did give me some trouble because i'm like what the fuck am i supposed to do here uh but you know trial and error as always so yeah it's a lot of fun and uh people that are saying that that this is their game of the year i am not surprised uh just because this game seems really really well polished and uh i cannot wait to see uh what happens by the end of it you know i mean like story-wise i'm not like too invested but i feel like you know like the upgrade and like the progression on all of that other stuff is gonna be a lot of fun yeah so i basically feel the same way you did like i i've only been able to pull off that counter against the me maybe like a handful of times like the timing is very hard and Mm -hmm. it's not like always the same timing too like each me like has a different timing and i think they have different animations of how they like kill you so they always keep switching the timing so you're probably gonna die like a lot to that unless you could just avoid them which you should um, but yeah, I honestly think the Emmy were like a super cool addition to the game. At first, I wasn't too sure how much I would like it because I'm like, oh, that kind of breaks the pace of the game. Like, you kind of got to go slow and take time. But most of the time, they're going to see you and you're going to run your ass like to the other side of the door. So <laughs> honestly, it makes it for like some really like high throw like gameplay right there. And I, I really did enjoy that aspect of the game a lot. Um, obviously, the, the normal Metroid stuff is really awesome as well. You know, going room to room, figuring out where you're going, getting upgrades, that stuff is always really fun. And I actually find that this game really does guide you in a nice way organically, where it's like, hey, you should go this way because you can't go the other way. And there's a door here and the elevator right there. You should go there. Um, mm-hmm. I think that game does that really well. I think Super Metroid also did that really well. Um uh, but this game also like closes off a lot of areas where you can't be in yet. Like the game will like maybe close it from like some sort of debris in your way or some other thing. So it kind of guides you to that direction where you're supposed to go. So I think the game definitely like it doesn't have any way markers or anything like telling you where to go, but it does a pretty good job on like telling you where to go. So if that makes any sense. Um, in general, I think the combat is fantastic. You know, I love the Samus Returns on 3DS. But I did feel like my hands got really cramped by the end of it because there were so many buttons. This game also basically uses like every button on the pro controller. But again, I'm using a controller this time. So the combat just feels so tight and I, I really enjoyed it. I think if there's one thing Metroid always kind of lacked on, at least the 2D games, was definitely the combat and the boss fights. And I think this game and Samus Returns have some of the best bosses in the series at this point. Again, I didn't play the Prime games just yet, but just some of the other 2D games, it blows their combat and bosses out of the water, especially the bosses in this game. The all fantastic like the all these like multi-phase bosses with a bunch of a bunch of different patterns to learn and stuff and it might seem kind of uh, like overwhelming at first especially the final boss like a lot of people i know a lot of people are complaining about the final boss but if you just take it slow learn his patterns you know counter at the right time it feels really rewarding to get through those boss fights and they're definitely my favorite part of the game i think the game presents a the right amount of challenge like it's not overly hard like a lot of other people say but it's not too easy either like it's just a nice amount of like difficulty to really you know get your blood pumping i guess um, <laughs> and it really rewards you for going out of your way to gain every single item right like i 100 yeah. in the game and you know i felt like i could have used all those 
those those e-tanks that i got in like it felt it felt good to actually get them because the bosses put up such a big fight where i actually needed those e-tanks and same thing with the missiles and the other upgrades as well like it just feels good to get them um and yeah and just overall i think the presentation is just amazing like i i know some people were like saying oh the game doesn't look good or whatever but i think the game looks fantastic for a switch game like the back like 2.5d games are really hard to make them look good right like i usually think mm-hmm. 2.5d games usually don't look that great like i'd rather just be sprite based or whatever um but i think mercury steam did a fantastic job like if you look in the backgrounds like each background feels like this like beautiful diorama with just like things moving around in them like you can see like the first boss you can see him like cloaking around in the background sort of like stalking you like that shit's so cool and like it, it's just so much unnecessary detail they didn't have to put but it did it anyway just to like bring that level of polish you know what i mean um so yeah i think the game looks fantastic it runs great like it's always running at 60 frames there's some points where it drops a bit but for the most part, it runs beautifully. Like, Samus animates so well. She has so many unnecessary animation detail to her that it is very impressive. Um, just overall, just the amount of polish, how fun the game is, the challenge of it. I think it's my favorite 2D Metroid game, out of doubt. Again, I'm not, like, a like a OG Metroid fan, so I don't have too much nostalgia for the other ones. So I could basically just say, yeah, I think Mercury's team got it right with this game, and I really hope this game sells well so we get more 2D Metroid games like this, because this is an absolute blast. I don't know if it's my game of the year just because Ratchet and Psychonauts came out, but if the, those games weren't there, this probably would have been my game of the year. Definitely, like, top three games of the year so far, so... Yeah, and I am not surprised. And I hope that, you know, there's been a lot of news surrounding Metroid Dread with, like, uh, fucking Kotaku promoting this fucking emulator oh, yeah. thing and shit like that. Um, and there were, like, these dumbass tweets with, like, Nintendo $60 game versus PlayStation. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's fucking God of War. Yep, yep. I mean, you know, it's just different audiences, different platforms, etc. But, um, yeah, you know, Metroid Dread, I can't wait to play more, honestly, because... Um, I bought it just to like sort of like support it because you know I know the fucking Metroid you know fans are fucking eating right now they are eating and they haven't e- they have not eaten in like years so been starving bro <laughs> <laughs> I literally just bought it to be like hey you know it's it's the same thing with like uh, um uh, Kingdom Hearts three that I did I, I I still haven't fucking played that game I literally bought it at launch because I'm like yeah you know I I, I want to support you know to show that hey you know like we are appreciative that you guys finally fucking made this game and same thing for Metroid Dread but I actually played it so uh, yeah. yeah I can uh, oh, I was I go was on. gonna say like it appeals. <laughs> Not only to Metroidvania fans, but I think just to anyone that likes a good action platformer as well. Just because I think, again, like I said, the bosses are so well designed. And, you know, the game presents just that, like, that itch, you know, for anyone that likes sort of those type of games. Like, I I think it strikes the best balance between the two. Like, Metroid Other M was, like, full-on an action game at that point. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it had a bad story. But in terms of gameplay itself, you know, it was mostly just an action game. And people didn't really want that. People still wanted that Metroidvania feel. And I think this game provides best of both worlds, to in my eyes, because I think the game is fun in a gameplay level and like in an exploration level, where it's like it's fun to still explore, but it's also fun to kill stuff and fight bosses. So I think for if if you are a fan of action platformers and not really that big into Metroidvanias, I definitely think you should give it a try, because I I think you people will end up liking it, even if you don't like Metroidvanias. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like 
for people who haven't played a Metroid game like at all, would you recommend this as like their first time? Because like this is kind of like my first Metroid game, but not really. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I definitely say it's probably the best game to start with. Obviously, there's other games better to start with. Like I think Zero Mission is probably the best Metroid game to start with, but you can't really get that anywhere besides the <laughs> Wii U. So yeah. if under the current second, let's just say you just have a Switch, and the only two Metroid games you could really only play on the Switch is Super Metroid and this game. I definitely would probably say play Super Metroid to see if you like the gameplay style, but I, I, I think Metroid Dread is definitely a great starting point. The game, uh, you know, like, you won't get lost. Like, I think the map is really good in this game. It labels mm-hmm. everything for you. You don't have to yes. do anything with the map. Uh, it's really easy to know where you're going. Uh, the only hard part is really, like, the fights and stuff, but at that point, just get good, you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> honestly, I think it's a great game for newcomers to the series. I think it's a, I, th- I just think it's a great game for, like, newcomers of any Metroidvania to, like, see if they like the genre, so... Yeah, I definitely would recommend it to newcomers. All right. So is there anything else you want to add? Um, no, I think that's it for Metroid. All right. So now let's get into the Marvel What If finale and just sort of talk about the show in general. Um, so I literally just watched it because I was saving it so I don't forget anything. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, and we're going to talk about spoilers, by the way. Um, so... I mean, I it, it was pretty much what I expected. I'm like, it's probably gonna be a fucking Avengers team up and bullshit like that, and you know, it's gonna be like universes, you know, from this, this, and this, and you know, if they do get the Killmonger one, he's gonna do some fucked up shit, and he did. So, yeah, I mean, it was beat for beat what I expected, and you know, overall for the series, I wish honestly it didn't have like this sort of like big finale with the Avengers thing and just sort of like kept doing this like anthology thing with like you know these like what if stories because you know seeing Party Thor among all of them just felt a little off to me I don't know uh, but that's also just because I I don't like this Party Thor you know sort of fucking gimmick but yeah what do you think about Marvel what if yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty good. Like, you know, obviously, uh, as in thought, as we talked about with the Star Wars thing, you know, some of them are going to hit or miss. Obviously, I thought Visions all basically hit, so that was really good for that. Mm-hmm. But for what if, you know, some episodes that I, I could do without and some I could do with, and um, I think we kind of expected it to end in an Avengers thing at this point because it kept, like, you know, I guess leading up to it. Um, also, it was kind of weird with the Gamora thing. I, I think that was, like, like we didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> like the Gamora, like she like killed Thanos, and like what? When was that? <laughs> we didn't, we didn't see her that. Yeah, I would much rather get that than uh, fucking the party Thor. But <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, overall, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. You know, obviously, it's just that good Avengers team. I, I did appreciate that they made Ultron like pretty cool. I, I mean, I know mm-hmm. he's just Thanos at the end of the day in this, but um, <laughs> at least he was like he was like threatening i like i never really liked ultron and well age of ultron that much i think they could have done a lot better with i mean i know you like kind of defend it now but i'm still like kind of mad about it I, mm-hmm. I haven't watched it in a bit but yeah still my least favorite avengers movie um and i'm happy that he kind of got like a cool little i guess like restart in what if i thought that was pretty neat um but besides that yeah i thought what if was pretty good i mean if they ended here and they don't do anymore i'll also be okay with that like i don't really know how much more you could do with the as you could do a lot more with the idea with because a lot more alternate stories you could do but it kind of ended it with an avengers team up i'm like well what not what now (laughs) you know what i mean so yeah yeah i definitely wish that they kept playing more into the anthology stuff and just had like you know what if ultron won and then just sort of uh don't have him sort of discover the alternate universes and all of that other stuff and just kept playing towards you know other stories that they might have wanted to tell such as the gomorrah one and i found it funny in that one that like tony still got shit he's like not you tony not you i need her <laughs> um, yeah that was pretty funny so you know 
maybe there was an extra episode that they wanted to do, but they just couldn't. But they still got uh, the Gamora actress to sort of do the voice, and they're like, "Well, shit, we gotta, we gotta use these." So you know, they just uh, sort of threw her into the finale, which was obviously rushed. Which I think that you can say with any anthology series that a lot of like the story beats are gonna be rushed to a certain extent, especially when episodes aren't gonna connect with each other greatly. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, overall, Marvel, what if, you know, it's whatever. I think that most people can skip out on it just because I feel like most Marvel watchers don't watch every single MCU movie. I feel like a lot of them, like, sort of pick and select which ones they want to watch. And then, like, when the big, like, Avengers movies come out, they'll sort of, like, try to piece it together sort of thing. Um, But that's just, like, my theory. I'm not exactly sure if that's actually true. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's whatever. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean it's a harmless thing you know it's not something mm-hmm. you should like go out of your way to watch but if you're in the mood for more marvel stuff it's here like, i don't regret watching it like week to week at all but it's definitely not something that's like important in any way like obviously like it was a nice sort of like i guess break from like loki and probably disney plus is like okay like we you know hawkeye isn't done yet so here have this <laughs> while you wait for hawkeye which i think it's fair like i, I think it was still a fun series to watch you know they got some cool ideas in there uh, you know, got a cool Avengers thing at the end, but if they didn't continue this, I wouldn't be that sad, but they might, but you know, it's whatever. <laughs> like you said, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't mind if they just stopped here because I'm not sure what other, what if stories they could really do. Um, but yeah, maybe, the, maybe they could prove me wrong because obviously they would have to go and get these actors back again and they can't do anything with, uh the star lord one unfortunately uh just because of you know circumstances but yeah you know if they stop it here they stop it here but i think overall marvel what if is like you said a harmless thing that if you wanted more marvel stuff you probably already watched it but you know overall it's whatever (laughs) yeah again there's not much to say about it just because like there really isn't much to say about it like it's just you know just a harmless set of stories that kind of team up at the end which again i don't think they had to do either mm-hmm. uh at this point i probably would just like another animated series with just like captain carter or something by herself or something like you know what i mean like yeah you know, like i'd rather watch like these what if stories branch out into just their own separate continuity and I, yeah again like i'd rather just watch a captain carter thing rather than a another what if season if that makes any sense but yeah yeah that's just my mm-hmm. opinion on that all right so is there anything else you would like to add good sir uh, no, I think that's everything. All right. So thank you guys for listening to the Travis and Amy podcast once again. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode. See ya.